Welcome to the Elopement Podcast, the first ever wedding planning podcast dedicated entirely to couples who are ditching tradition and instead choosing what speaks to them most. I'm Ruth Ann Z, an intimate wedding and elopement photographer, and I eloped too. So trust me, I get it. This podcast exists to serve you in a season that not many others can understand. From planning advice, tips, and tricks, to candid conversations with couples, vendors, and even my husband, I'm here for you. I can't wait to help you plan the most kick-ass day of your life. So, let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Elopement Podcast. Today, we are kicking off our eight-week Elopement Planning 101 series. And our first topic to discuss is how to pick your location, season, and date. This is a pretty important topic because it's going to set the foundation and um, give you some guidelines and parameters that you're going to be using throughout the next eight weeks and uh, help guide you through some decisions and some thought processes and establishing um, some of the other elements of your elopement experience. So wanted to start out with this specific topic for that reason and uh I think we should just go ahead and get into it. Okay, really quick popping in after I finish recording this podcast to um, cover a couple of things that I think are important before we keep going. Um, The first is that there's no solid order to the elements that make up today's episode. So keep that in mind as you're listening. You can pick date, location, or season um, in any order. You don't have to go through them the order that I do. I go through location, season, and date, um, but it's totally up to you and how you want to tackle that. The second thing is I wanted to define what a vendor pool is because I mentioned it in this episode a few times and I wanted to give you some context there. So a vendor pool is basically the, the group of vendors that you will have to choose from within the region that you plan to open. And during COVID, going outside of a local vendor pool is challenging with travel restrictions as is, but it might also be taking away business from other vendors within that region who might need it a little bit more than others. So just something that I wanted to put out there so that you can keep that in mind. Um, Because as somebody who lives in a small mountain town, the amount of reprieve we've received from COVID is very different than that of other locations. Uh, So just keep that in mind, you know, as you're planning and going through this process. And the other thing to keep in mind is that if you've already set your sights and your heart and you know, all of your eggs in one basket on a specific vendor, um, consider maybe going to them to kind of limit the, uh, you know, implications of going outside of a vendor pool. But if you don't have that option or choose not to go that route, understand the importance of maybe infusing some of your um, dollars into the economy of where you end up eloping. So an easy and great way to do that is obviously by shopping local, getting some takeout. You can hire other local vendors such as hair and makeup artists or florists or whatever. Um, And that's a great way just to kind of share some love in those communities um, if you are choosing to book a large vendor from out of town. So just wanted to note on that before before we get started. So the first piece that we are going to be talking about is location. And if you already have a location in mind, that is fantastic. You can start by checking out the lodging options, the vendor pool, as we just discussed, and searching for inspiration photos of other couples' weddings to see how they have executed those days. Um, If you don't have a location in mind, it's important that you make a list of how you want the day to feel. Truly from the temperature to the vibe. Um, So do you want a small town or do you want city? Do you want a specific color palette that might inspire you? Um, Are you envisioning red rocks, an alpine lake, or a city mural? Those are the things that you need to kind of write down. And I would encourage you to have some sort of elopement journal or a Pinterest board or just the notes app on your phone to help guide you through the elements that are, you know, speaking to you and that you want to make sure are incorporated into your day. 
Um, from there, it's important to start researching how you might be able to access the backdrop that you are envisioning. This might be where you start reaching out to a photographer or um, you know, another vendor that is super versed in the area, specifically if you have questions regarding location. Um, just to give you some context for me and where I typically work, um, any usual, typical, you know, classic view of Tahoe that you can find on Google will be relatively easy to access, um, either by distance or it's right off the road, or it's really straightforward because there's lots of good instructions that tell you how to get there. But the catch of that is that you're far more likely to run into large groups of tourists by doing that. So that is a really big element of working with somebody who is incredibly local is that you have most of the time you have the ability to kind of step into a local experience and a local perspective where there are certain places that I refuse to go on a Saturday because they're going to be super busy and have a ton of people on the trail. Um, but then there's other places that like I know people don't know about and that's probably where I'm going to take you. And chances are it's still going to be beautiful, still going to be epic, um, but you wouldn't have been able to find it on your own. So um, that's just kind of a piece that goes with a vendor pool and, and using somebody who is local is you have a little bit more of a resource in them um, by doing that. So once you've determined your location, you will need to start browsing the vendor pool. Um, so if you you know already have your location, like I said, awesome, start there. But if we're kind of going through the, the list that I just went through, um, after you've reached the end of that, that's when you're going to want to start looking at the vendors. I would recommend starting with a photographer. Um, as I mentioned, that's kind of the first step that most people take specifically in the elopement realm. Um, if you were planning a traditional wedding, you would go for vendor, photographer, and then kind of work your way down from there. But a lot of times, um, you know, elopements don't have planners because photographers kind of step in and fill that. That role in many ways. So start with a photographer. Um, if you want a videographer, that would definitely be the next person that I would reach out to. And then you're going to want to search out officiants, florists, hair and makeup, um, and then the other elements that you might want to include. Sometimes people will have a private chef that's going to cater a dinner for them. Sometimes people will hire out somebody to do like a really cool little invitation suite to kind of create a nice little detail spread. Um, and after you get your core vendor group, which is actually what we're going to be talking about next week, like the nitty gritty of that. Um, but after you've got your core vendor group, you can then fill in the other gaps as you see fit and as your budget allows. So uh, the next element we're going to be talking about is the season. And sometimes couples come to me and say, we don't really care about a date. We know we want to elope in Lake Tahoe in the winter, or we know we want to elope in Lake Tahoe in September. That's fantastic. Super great. But the things you need to think about when it comes to seasons, um, first and foremost is accessibility. Will the weather impede your ideal plans if it goes south? So some roads are inaccessible during winter in a lot of places. Other locations have rainy seasons that can wash trails away um, and, you know, ruin some roads. I was in Zion over Thanksgiving last year and the it was super rainy and snowy and the original location that we had planned you could not access because of the kind of dirt that the roads are made up of. Um, and I personally have never driven in that and it's like clay and it completely gets rid of any tread that you had on your tires um, and is pretty much impassable. So those are just things that you need to think about when you are considering a season is just consider the accessibility. Um, and there's always the element that summertime might be too hot depending on where you go. So on that note, you got to think about the temperature. Are you grouchy in the heat? 
I am personally. It never gets over like 87 degrees here. And when it does, I'm a total pain to be around. Um, Or are you super miserable when it's cold? If you really want a snowy wedding, but you know that you are not happy when it's cold, either you're going to need to figure out a really good way to combat being cold that you like and that you think you will feel confident and comfortable in in your photos, or you might want to choose a different season. Something cool about the mountains is that we do have snow up in the mountains um, a lot longer than you might anticipate. At least here in Tahoe, it's not uncommon to find patches of snow well into July in certain places. So if you want something a little bit warmer, but you still want some snow on the ground, maybe it's not fresh on the trees, um, May might be a really good option for you because it's still temperate. It's still a nice time of year. It's likely to be beautiful, but we're definitely going to be able to find some patches of snow if that's something you want to incorporate. So that's just kind of something um, that's actually a really big something that I like to encourage people to think about when we're considering season. Uh, The next thing is how soon is this season that you want to elope in? And does it give you enough lead time to make it happen effectively and the way that you are attached to? Um, So that's pretty obvious. Is it in two months or is it, you know, six months away and you have plenty of time to make sure that it happens? On that specific note, I have personally planned elopements in 10 days. It's not that impossible. But there has to be a certain level of expectation that we all understand um, in those in those times when that goes on. And so that's just something that I would encourage you to think of. If you have really high expectations for a specific season and what you want it to look like, um, I would maybe make sure that that's a little bit more than 10 days out or, you know, two weeks or even a month. Um, it's, it's not impossible to pull that together. It's just essential for your um, for you to feel really good about the way that it's gone down, that you take some time to make sure that you're going to be able to pull it off in the way that you've envisioned. Something else that we need to talk about is peak season versus off season. This kind of goes into, you know, the accessibility of things. A lot of places, a lot of destination locations, such as Jackson Hole, Wyoming, or maybe Glacier National Park, or anywhere in Colorado, or Tahoe, um, we have peak seasons, and it's usually when kids are out of school. We also have peak seasons in winter, but it's a little bit less. Um, it's a little bit less broad across the season because it's more about weekends and there's, you know, a handful of breaks in there, whereas summertime in most mountain locations are really, really busy. Zion National Park is not going to be as busy in the dead of July as it will be in October simply because of the heat. And not to say that it's not busy. It is. But you're going to be cranky because of tourists and cranky because of the heat. And that's probably not where you want to go. Um, So definitely consider peak season versus off season. The other element about that is that more vendors are going to be available in the downtime And the likelihood of picking your preferred date is higher, which we'll go into that when we talk about date in a few minutes. Um, Again, on that note, tourist implications are very, very real. Traffic is a legitimate concern, especially in the summertime and on weekends. Um, A lot of places that are popular destinations don't have a ton of infrastructure that allows for the amount of people that come to move through efficiently. So I've seen this not to go back to Zion, but I've seen this in Zion. I've seen this in Jackson Hole. I've seen this here in Tahoe. I've seen this just about anywhere that is beautiful and that people love to travel to. There's always going to be some sort of implication with the roads and accessibility on that that note. Um, The other thing you absolutely have to consider is how much lodging is available. Um, And just the general busyness is always a risk in some seasons more than others. So again, if you're set on, if you're not set on any one specific element, um, 
it's not a bad idea to reach out to a vendor. So say you have picked Tahoe, just using where I live as an example, say you've picked Tahoe and you know you want to work with me, you can absolutely reach out and say, hey, we know we want to get married here. We know we want to work with you. Everything else is kind of up in the air. Can you help us figure that out? That's something that most photographers are absolutely happy to help you establish and work through in process. Um, And it's never an issue, at least on my end, to to be part of that decision-making process. And after a phone call and kind of talking through everything, I can definitely help guide you through, you know, what the best season date and, you know, everything else might be for you. Um, And then the last element we're going to talk about with the season is snow, because a lot of people don't live where it snows as much as it does in these destinations. So, Even in places like Tahoe, Colorado, Utah, and, you know, anywhere else that's, like, snow-prone, it's never guaranteed that you are going to have a winter wonderland with snow on the trees, even if you choose a January, February, or March date. It just doesn't work like that. Right now, it is a beautiful Saturday in January outside, and we have a pretty solid dry spell coming up. Doesn't mean that February might not have some good precip and that we might not have some snow on the trees, but right now, it's not the winter wonderland that some people might anticipate it to be. So that's something, again, that goes back to working with a local vendor. They have more of a chance of being able to accurately tell you what everything is going to look like in the season that you've chosen um, and kind of guide you through that entire planning experience there. Okay, now we're moving on to date. This is the last uh, the last thing we're really going to talk about today. So sometimes couples know, and I've mentioned this, um, they know before they even start the planning process that the date is their priority. And in these cases, you can pick the best options of your top choices for the previous topics. Um, and like if you're eloping in February, you might decide that you want a high chance of snow versus rain and you can do some research on where in the world is most likely to fulfill that in the date that you've chosen. Um, but if you don't have a date picked out, there are a few things to keep in mind. First and foremost, weekdays rock, especially if you're going to a popular tourist destination in peak season. Here in Tahoe, the weekends are significantly more busy than weekdays, even when the school is out in the summer. Um, So we have a lot of people that come in just like from Sacramento or from Reno or from the Bay Area just up on the weekends. And then there's also a pretty good percentage of people that come up here for the full summer and, you know, rent a house and kind of do the Tahoe summer thing. Um, And that's just something to keep in mind is that weekends are always going to be a little bit busier than weekdays. And so even if you're getting married in a peak season, a weekday is definitely going to be a better date to choose um, if that's something that is possible. On that note, though, Christmas break, don't recommend it unless you are absolutely willing to navigate all of the people wherever you are. Just wanted to uh, make that statement real quick. Um, So yeah, weekdays rock. Um, Weekends are definitely going to be more busy. Uh, A weekday opens you up to traveling on the cheaper dates also. Um, Wednesday is still the best day to fly for most airlines. And, um, you know, if you're booking out in advance, that's usually a pretty good pretty good date to choose to fly in and out. Um, and if you're doing a full week, that's that's really great. Um, the other thing is that you can get your marriage license when you arrive in most places 
on a weekday versus a weekend. There are some places in certain states that have weekend uh, marriage licenses that are issued, but I know for California, most of our offices do not operate on weekends, and you do need a California marriage license to get married in California. So um, if you're flying in on a Friday and you want to get married on a Sunday, you're probably not going to be able to get a marriage license, so that might look a little bit tricky. Um, popular dates such as 10-10-2020, which was probably the biggest wedding date of last year, and the irony of that is not lost on me. Uh, popular dates are usually booked very quickly. I booked that date 18 months before it was set to happen. That's very, very, very far in advance for me. I rarely book something that far out. So just know that if you want a date that's fun and easy to remember, that's totally fine, but you're going to need to be on it as soon as possible to book your vendors for that, that kind of a date. Um, every year, there's a few hot weekends, um, and elopement photographers and vendor def- vendors definitely see hot weekdays, um, but there's less of a need to have the elopement on a weekend and more flexibility with the date that you choose if you want something that's more meaningful, easy to remember, has a pattern, something like that. So just another element to keep in mind as you are considering your date. Um, Last thing about picking a weekday, it's an easy way to naturally cut down on your guest list if you have one. Um, So if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but you've kind of already established who you're inviting, um, it, it, it helps just naturally add another variable that might cut out a few additional people. So in these cases, I always recommend to make sure that your absolute must-have people can, you know, make the date and be in attendance. And then from there, let the date do the rest, and it might filter out a few more. Um, You might not lose any guests, but a lot of couples say that this helps them have a more intimate group without having to necessarily choose. And once you ensure that, you know, your core people, such as maybe your parents or your sister or whoever, can be there, um, this is a great way to just naturally kind of filter things out a little bit. Um, So that's everything on, you know, the three topics that we are specifically discussing. And then just a couple other general things that I wanted to note. Um, And I briefly mentioned this a minute ago, but a lot of states and counties are only issuing marriage licenses to residents. So it's really important, especially right now, that you do your research on who can obtain a marriage license before you decide to go somewhere. Or just know that you might have to do the paperwork at the courthouse when you get home. So if you're traveling to a destination or a state that is not your own, just make sure that you do some digging on that before you get your heart set or have, you know, a specific set of expectations there. Um, We also kind of briefly talked about this, but I just want to circle back to it. A lot of couples reach out to me without any info other than the location they want to get married in, which is usually Tahoe. Um, The flip side of that is sometimes people are like, we know we want a specific season and we want Tahoe, but we don't really care about the date. Um, in these cases, I'm always helped. To, I'm always happy to help you determine what the best fit of this season is. Um, and then after we've had a phone call and gotten to know each other a little bit and I have an idea of what the expectations of your day are, um, I can kind of guide you through that. And most vendors are also very happy to do that. Another thing to note on this is that there are a lot of people who work exclusively in travel destinations, so they don't ever really work in their hometown. They do travel for most of their elopements. Um, And a lot of those people get inquiries where the couple doesn't know anything. Like, you really don't have any idea of what you want, and you kind of reach out to that person for their expertise, maybe to see if there's a place that they really wanted to shoot in or if there's a place that, you know, they feel is really underrated and would be super epic. So, 
don't ever hesitate if you are listening to this and you're like, I just don't know. Like, we don't know what we want. We don't know what it looks like. Don't hesitate to reach out to somebody that you have been eyeing as far as, you know, a photographer, planner, you know, combo goes. Don't hesitate to reach out to them and ask for their help throughout that process. A lot of people, just to give you, you know, a little bit of fair warning here, a lot of people will require you to book with them before they start dishing out um, location information and and investing time into that. But if you know that you want to work with a specific photographer who is going to be super involved in the planning process, it's never a bad idea to secure them and then determine everything else from there. So, that is pretty much everything. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, make sure to follow the Elopement Podcast on Instagram. And uh, yeah, next week we're covering how to pick a kick-ass vendor team and make sure that they are going to be, you know, the people who have got your back throughout your elopement experience. And uh, I'm probably maybe most excited about next week because it really is such a huge piece of this puzzle. So Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Let me know if you have any questions and uh, we'll see you next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you have a spare second, go ahead and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me. And of course, if you have any questions about today's podcast episode or would like to request a topic, you can email me at theelopementpodcast at gmail.com.